Hi, so today is video number two of a three-part series. So the previous video was how to get more plants forward into our children's lives as a caretaker of our children. Today we're talking a little bit deeper and some of the uh, systemic issues that we have within families that can be caused from nutrition and sleep and that lack of, of that. So it's a, it's a deeper dive today in this conversation. And then keep an eye out for video number three that is us in the kitchen. We made some fantastic, quick and easy things to go into kids' lunches that are nutritionally dense, fiber-packed, uh, and wonderfully tasty. And I taste tested them with my own kids and uh, we had great success. So look out for that one. I hope you enjoy video number two today. And please, as always, any comments or questions below. Here's Kieran, thank you. Thank you for being here, Kieran. Really appreciate that. Thank you for having me back. Thank you. So just remind the audience of what it is that you do for a living. So I'm a holistic nutritionist. I work predominantly with moms and kids to help them overcome negative, unwanted symptoms through the power of plant-based nutrition. Okay. So when you're working with moms and kids predominantly, and you're originally assessing them and trying to like figure out a pathway for them, how do you do that assessment? What are the things that you look at when you're talking with, I guess, the mom predominantly? Yes, so we need to look at first what they're eating on a day-to-day -day basis. So I always look at a food journal first to see what they're eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, what snacks they're eating, how much water they're consuming, what other beverages they may be consuming in a day, just to really get a good picture of what's missing, what might be in excess, and look for any gaps or voids in the diet. And then I'll also look at their health history and their current symptoms, just to get the whole picture so I can see what's going on because you know, a healthy diet for one person may not be healthy for another person. So depending on what symptoms they have, depending on sort of their health history, they may need more of certain nutrients or less of certain nutrients, or they may need some extra support in other ways through other supplements or through other you know, lifestyle interventions. And so just looking at the whole picture to see what does this individual need based on what they're experiencing right now. Okay, so you're working with a family, mom, maybe two kids, and is that three different plans that you're making? So it depends on what the issues are. Usually, generally, since families eat the same, um, you know, a lot of these issues tend to run across families and there will be similarities. Sometimes there are differences, there are nuances, so I will, you know, depending on what the issues are, I might recommend different, um, you know, something different for each person, but generally the basic meal plan will be the same, but maybe one child might have some different supplements in there, or another child may need to eat more of, you know, a certain group of foods. But generally I work with one person in the family first, and usually we start to see that ripple effect where we start to see improvements kind of across the board. And if once we're done with that one child, or say if it's just the mom that I'm working with, if there are still some symptoms or issues in other family members, then we'll work with them as well. Okay. And what do you find the biggest obstacles that you run into on? So the biggest obstacles or the biggest you know, concerns that people come to me are, one is digestive disturbances. So whether it's chronic diarrhea, constipation, or alternating constipation and diarrhea, mm -hmm. acid reflux, um, you know, difficulty gaining weight for some kids, um, you know, adults, it's usually the opposite, where it's difficulty losing weight. 
you know, a lot of these GI symptoms are chronic tummy pain with little ones. You know, it's hard for parents to see their kids suffering. Right. And so often they'll come to me and say, my child is constantly complaining about tummy pain and I know this isn't normal. And so that's, you know, one of them. Another one is really the mental health complaints. So a lot right. of them will come to me and say, you know what, I'm at my wit's end. This can't be normal. My child is always having tantrums. Or my child is always grumpy and moody and irritable. Right, so we're talking from like toddler up to teenager. Yes. Okay. And you know, whereas there, you know, we need to be realistic. So there are some cases where it's just typical toddler tantrums. And I'll say, you know, this sounds pretty typical. Yeah, we all feel shitty someday. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, and that is developmentally appropriate. But if it's happening excessively, then we need to really kind of look at, okay, what's going on inside this child's body? What's going on nutritionally? that is possibly triggering these, you know, excessive number of meltdowns. Mm -hmm. And same with teenagers, you know, they are going through these hormonal changes. So we are going to deal with, you know, some of these mood swings and it is normal, developmentally normal, but we need to look at, okay, is this within the normal range or is it excessive? And how do you assess what normal is when it comes to say a 15 year old girl? Generally, if it's disturbing the entire family where everyone is like, oh my goodness, what is happening with this person? And it's making everyone sort of feel on edge and it's raising everybody's anxiety levels and it's impacting the entire family. Generally, I would say that's not normal and that's not something that we should accept as normal. And you know, we really need to take a look, a deeper look at what's going on inside that child's body. We need to make sure that we are from a nutritional standpoint, doing everything we can to balance their hormones, balance their blood sugar so that they can maintain a stable mood and not, you know, be having these outbursts excessively or, um, you know, being overly anxious or, or depressed. And like, how do you, in the mechanics of that, like, is that all just about improving diet and making diet better? Or is there like, what are the components to that? So let's take them, my example of a 15 year old young woman who is disturbing a family with mood swings to all different areas. Like, how, like, you probably have a lot of different factors there. You've got interactions with different parents and you've got sibling, like, that's a lot to be tackling. How does that work? It is, so we need to look at it from a holistic point. We need to look at, okay, what are the stressors, the external stressors in this child's life, in this individual's life? And then we need to assess, okay, is this reasonable? Maybe the child is going through something um, you know, very disturbing in their life that is causing these outbursts. And in that case, then it's not so much a nutritional problem, it's more of an external problem, and they need to address that. It could be that they're not sleeping well. So as a holistic nutritionist, I also look at, okay, how is this individual sleeping? How are they, how is their movement? Are they getting enough movement throughout the day? Are they getting enough time outside? Are they getting enough time in nature? So we really, really need to look at it from a holistic viewpoint and look at all the variables that could be impacting these behaviors, mm -hmm. not just nutrition, because nutrition does play a big role, mm -hmm. but sometimes there are other variables in play as well. Yeah, how important would you say sleep is to a 15-year-old? Very, very, very important. There is so much happening, and a lot of people think of sleep as this passive state where you're just resting, but it's actually a very active state. So there's a lot going on when we sleep. There's a lot going on in our bodies. There's a lot going on in our brains. A lot of repair is happening a lot of our, you know, our memory, you know, cognition, a lot of um, processes are happening while we're sleeping that really help us to perform at our best during the day while we're awake. And so if we're not getting optimal sleep, it's going to impact, you know, how we behave during the day. So you've got a 15 year old female teenager who 
loves to talk to her friends until whatever time at night, needs to get up for whatever the event is the next day. So you're burning the candle at both ends. Like, yes. And like, this seems to like happen. So how do, you, like, how do you get away from that? So with children, I find that the older they get, the more you can reason with them with logic. Okay. You know, a lot of people will say, well, teenagers don't listen. You know, it's pointless to try to reason with them or try to explain things to them. I disagree. They may come across that way, but I find that teenagers are actually pretty open if you come at them from, um, you know, a more cooperative instead of more of a stern disciplinary approach. If you just have a discussion with them and you explain how their choices, their lifestyle choices are impacting their life and impacting their behavior, impacting the way they feel, impacting their performance. So find what your child loves and relate it to that. If your child is athletic, explain to them how their diet and their lifestyle choices are you know, negatively impacting their athletic performance. If your child is, say, you know, very brainy and they really pride themselves on getting good grades, explain to them how these poor lifestyle and diet choices are impacting their ability to concentrate. Um, you know, children are, they do respond well to these discussions. And if, as long as you're consistent and persistent with it, if you keep on having these discussions and you leave it open, um, you know, let them get curious and they'll probably start asking you questions as well. Okay. Make those correlations for them. You know, really point out, oh, remember you didn't sleep well the other day and now you're feeling this way. Or, you know, you ate, you know, really awful food <laughs> the night before that big game and yeah. you really didn't perform your best. You yeah. know, you were really disappointed in yourself. Well, maybe do you think you might have done better if you had eaten a little bit better the day before? Make those connections. And the more you start making them, the easier it will be for your children to start making them themselves and become more self-aware. What about monkey see, monkey do? Oh, definitely. Right. You need to lead by example. If you are telling your child, don't eat sugar, um, you know, don't eat processed foods, but then, you know, they're waking up in the morning and finding these empty candy wrappers in the garbage right. can that you were eating the night before after they went to bed, or if they're in the pantry because you eat them and you say, oh, that's mom's secret stash or that's dad's stash. You know, they, like you said, monkey see, monkey do, you need to lead by example. Yeah. The greatest influence on childhood eating behaviors is parental influence. Okay. So what they see is more likely what they're going to emulate. Yeah. So I've been told by, you know, I, I can't tell you how many wives selling the cookware, selling the knife, talking to them about, you know, eating things. They're like, oh, hey, I saw this video of yours of making this thing. Can you tell me how you did it? You know, I, I want to eat more healthier food, more plant-forward food at home, and I would do so much more if it wasn't for my husband. My husband won't. He, he's not there. He's not going to join me. He just wants to keep eating out all the time and eating with his buddies, and so it's really hard for me. So, like, do you run into that? Do you have that same sort of thing? Yes. I mean, I don't want to throw all the dads out there under the bus, but I'd say, I mean, I haven't actually, you know, analyze this and tallied it up, but I'd say just kind of off the top of my head, I'd say about 80% of my clients struggle with this issue okay. where the moms are fully on board and the dads are just sort of digging their heels in with making these changes or they're leading by bad example. You know, they're being a bad example to their kids in terms of how they're eating. And so the moms are trying to get their kids to eat healthier. And then they'll say, well, dad's eating McDonald's right beside me. Right. <laughs> you know? sure. Give, give me some of your fries. Yes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of 
um, moms will struggle with that. And I don't want to throw all dads under the bus because I have had clients, you know, I've had a lot of clients as well who it, the roles are reversed where the dad is the one who's super healthy and health conscious and really leading that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and leading that family to a healthier path. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the family is a little bit more resistant. Yeah. Um, so there are some, you know, dads who are great at that, yourself included. Mm -hmm. But generally, the tr you know, the common theme is that generally the moms are trying to be more health conscious and the dads are kind of being a stick in the mud. Okay. So how do you tackle that? How do you support the, the mom to, to, in that relationship? Like, how does that work? So in that case, oftentimes I will offer to speak to the dad as well. So I find that the, I have the most success in changing those habits mm -hmm. when the dads are willing to speak to me as well. When they're willing to get on the call, they're willing to join in on the coaching calls. Mm -hmm. Because it's one thing for their wife to tell them something mm -hmm. that oh we should be eating this or you shouldn't be eating that. Sure. But when but they have telling you something. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have a third party, a health professional saying, actually your wife's, you know, right in this. Right. <laughs> I don't say that. I don't say your wife's right when I just say, you know, this is these are the changes you need right. to make. Do you find that a lot of time that dad, the, the father, the, the, the man needs more like hard data or there's a different way that you approach the way to convince them? Like Yes. So they definitely need more evidence. They definitely need to see more anecdotal stories as well. They want to see, okay, how's this work for somebody else? They also need to see that it's not normal. This is another common issue that I come across with families is that the dads have sort of just accepted that, okay, our kids have these symptoms, but so does every other kid at the park. Right. Yeah. Or I did <laughs> so what's, Yes, I yeah. did too, and I'm perfectly fine. Or, right. you know, I still have those, and I'm perfectly fine. I just take some reactant every day. and. <laughs> you know, move about my business. Yeah, yeah. So it's really explaining, you know, what happens that these are really the early signs of, you know, something that can manifest into something much more serious mm -hmm. and making that correlation for them and really explaining, well, is it really ideal for your child to never be able to go outside without sneezing and coughing right. and, you know, just having snot dripping down from their nose? Wouldn't they be happier? if they could just roam freely outside without any symptoms mm -hmm. and they could play outside for as long as they want. There's no limit or restriction. They don't need to come inside to take a puffer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so really, really just tapping into that side as well of what could life be like if you didn't have these symptoms right. because they're so used to just seeing them as normal that they don't understand that there's actually, you know, the grass is kind of greener on the other side of that. So do you find that a lot of time, it, it, and this isn't a, a gender-based issue, but it just comes from plain ignorance? Yes, and I think it's also, when we talk about you know moving towards a more plant-forward or a plant-based diet, mm -hmm. there's still that general misconception that eating meat is manly. Right, of course it is. Yes, yeah. and not eating meat is unmanly in mm -hmm. some way, which is absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we know that we've seen there's you know all these bodybuilders and athletes who are mm -hmm. plant-based, and yeah. you wouldn't call them unmanly. No, right? no, exactly. And yeah. and you know this is something that I've learned myself and is now proven by science, is that eating a plant-based lifestyle gives you a better advantage over somebody that's not. Yes. Strictly when it comes to recovery. Yes. Right? So recovery when I transferred directly to a full plant-based diet, giving up uh, dairy and, and milk, uh, sorry, dairy and eggs, mm -hmm. my recovery time improved probably by 2x, which was wow. stunning, right? Because yes. I actually have quite a dairy sensitivity, right? So I, I don't have that gene that allows me to yes. drink all the dairy I want. Most adults do, actually. <laughs> right. And, you know, my change was, was dramatic. I had to learn that for myself. I was brought up, you know, as a, as a pretty strict vegetarian. Uh, I didn't have meat until I was 15. 
and then it was a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Uh, and dairy was a staple. And, and you know, even as I became an adult and I started to become more environmentally conscious and I'm like, oh, I can't eat meat because it's all bad, but I was drinking dairy. Uh, it wasn't really until the health effect showed me that it was like, I need to get rid of dairy in my life. Then I you know, started to learn more about the impact of dairy on our planet, so on and so forth. But it was really, you know, it was that health benefit to me that, that yes. I had to be shown myself by giving yes. up. Which turned out to be such a major benefit to me, just from a health perspective. Yes, and I've seen that with my clients as well, where the dads are kind of just very skeptical at first. Like, are we just wasting money on this nutrition counseling? Is this going to do anything? And then once they see the results, they're like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And um, yeah, a lot of my clients will say that they'll say, you know what, my husband's not on board and you know, it's causing a little bit of tension, but then once they start to see the results, they're like, wow, now, they, now they're saying, wow, we now, you know, like, great job. Thanks right. for getting us into this, that yeah. this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear you there. It's, it's like a free ticket, Yes. right? It's just so easy. When you, from a, from a manly point of view, when you're just a man against a man, you wanna go like yes. mountain biking or running or doing golfing or whatever, you wanna do that with your boys, yes. right? And you're getting older, right? You want a free benefit, it just yeah. comes down to eating a healthier diet, eating yes. a lot more plants and a lot less animal products. Yes. Right? Okay, that's great. So thanks you so much. I think the last question for me is like, what do you think dads, let's isolate and, and you know, we, we didn't want to throw them under the bus, but let's isolate dads. What do you think dads could really do to help benefit the family unit? I think just being more open-minded. Just being more open-minded and listening more and just giving it a chance. So if your partner is trying to make these, you know, healthy changes and these positive lifestyle changes, just give it a chance. You know, what do you have to lose mm-hmm. by just trying it out for a few months, seeing how you feel? And if you feel better, great, you know, you've gotten a huge bonus. If you don't, no harm done. I can tell you it's not gonna make you feel worse. You're not going to have negative health outcomes from introducing more plants into right. your diet. <laughs> Even though the internet would tell you sometimes that you would. Yes. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, and so, from, from also that perspective, so if, if, if it, somebody, if this is a man or a woman, you know, wants to learn more on their own, they want to do some quality you know, research or investigation, on where, where would you say somebody should go to, to find a good source of information? I would say you need to you know, read the books. Read, um, you know, Dr. Greger is great. Yeah, but what if you don't want to read a book this thick? Right? <laughs> right? If you don't want to read a book that thick, then I would say that your best bet is to actually hire a professional. And that way you can actually learn what is more specific to you. Because Mm -hmm. again, when you're wading through all the information online, Mm -hmm. some of it may apply to you, some of it may not. You know, I've had clients who've told me that they used, I had one client who told me that she used to watch Dr. Oz and write down everything and try it all. Okay. And tried everything and, you know, none of it really worked. And I told her, well, that's because, you know, that's very general advice. You need but something that's we, specific. How do we know that? So I'm a guy, you know, I'm, I'm wanting to improve my health. I get online because I want to do it all myself. I don't want to, you know, start talking mm-hmm. to people. I'm going to figure this out myself. You know, like, why, like Dr. Oz, why wouldn't you listen to Dr. Oz? He's a credible guy. You know, Oprah told us to listen to him, <laughs> right? So, like, how do we know who to listen to and who not to listen to? Okay, so one of my golden rules is if someone is promoting some sort of a supplement, especially if it's their own supplement or their own line of something that they benefit from. If you, you know, move towards whatever nutrition or lifestyle changes that they are telling you to make, that's kind of a red flag right there. So in that same vein, 
many podcasters. You know, you've got Andrew Huberman is a yes. good example. You've got somebody like Simon Hill. Those guys are talking about things that they're sponsored for on their podcasts, right? So, so these are people that are yeah. educated in the space that, that I listen to, but they're being paid. Yes, so that is different. That is when someone is getting advertising or getting sponsorship for their podcast, and they generally, you know, some of the people you're talking about, they are vetting these products. They're only promoting the ones they use themselves. Okay. In that case, so this isn't their own brand that they're based on. It is what you're saying. Yes. Okay. And they've generally, you know, they've probably done the right. I hope they've done the research, and they're probably not saying this is the only one you should take. That's where I, you know, my the red flag kind of gets drawn if someone is saying. This is the only, you know, vitamin B supplement you should take, or this is the only, um, you know, creatine supplement you should take, right. or so this is the like, only protein powder so that's like a, good out a there. Proof type line is what we're talking about. Yes, here. like a Dave Asprey. Yes, okay. if they say this is the only one, and this is the only one that will do you good, and all the other ones are rubbish, that's not true. Right. <laughs> that's simply not true. That's when you know that they're just, it's just marketing, yep. and that's when you need to be a bit wary. But if someone is saying, like for example, Simon Hill, hey, you know what, I use this, this is a great brand, and I trust it, okay. that's different. Okay. He's not saying, this is the only one you should be using. Yeah, okay, that's fantastic. Okay, well, I, again, appreciate your time, and how can people get a hold of you? They wanna to talk some more to you. Um, you can find me on Instagram, is probably where I'm most active, at key2healthnc, at my website, www.key2healthnc.com. I offer free discovery calls for anyone who's just interested, but they're not quite sure if nutrition counseling is right for them or their family. And the Facebook group where we met, which right. is the Raising Healthy Plant Powered Kids Facebook group. That's great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you. Any questions, please throw them below. Thank you very much.